Book Four, Part Two of the History of Britain by John Milton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. About this time, the West Saxons, anciently called Gevisi, by the preaching of Barinus, a bishop whom Pope Honorius had sent, were converted to the faith with Kinigals their king. Him Oswald received out of the font, and his daughter in marriage. The next year, note post-Christ 635, return to text, Quichelm was baptized in Dorchester, but lived not to the year's end. The East Angles also this year were reclaimed to the faith of Christ, which for some years past they had thrown off. But Sigebert, the brother of Erkwald, now succeeded in that kingdom, praised for a most Christian and learned man, who, while his brother yet reigned, living in France and exile, with some displeasure conceived against him by Redwald's father, learned there the Christian faith, and reigning soon after, in the same instructed his people, by the preaching of Felix, a Burgundian bishop. In the year 640, Eadbald, deceasing, left to Erkumbert, his son by Emma, the French king's daughter, the kingdom of Kent, recorded the first of English kings who commanded through his limits the destroying of idols, laudably of all idols, without exception, and the first to have established Lent among us under strict penalty, not worth remembering, but only to inform us that no Lent was observed here till his time by compulsion, especially being noted by some to have fraudulently usurped upon his elder brother Ermenred, whose right was president to the crown. Oswald, having reigned eight years, note, post-Christ 642, return to text, worthy also, as might seem, of longer life, fell into the same fate with Edwin, and from the same hand, in a great battle overcome and slain by Penda, at a place called Maserfield, now Oswestry in Shropshire, miraculous as Seth Beda after his death. His brother Oswe succeeded him, reigning, though in much trouble, twenty-eight years, opposed either by Penda or his own son, Alfred, or his brother's son, Ethelwald. Next year, note, post-Christ 649, return to text, Kenegils, the West Saxon king, dying, left his son Kenwalk in his stead, though as yet unconverted. About this time, Sigebert, king of the East Angles, having learnt in France, ere his coming to reign, the manner of their schools, with the assistance of some teachers out of Kent, instituted a school here, after the same discipline, thought to be the University of Cambridge, then first founded. And at length, weary of his kingly office, betook him to a monastical life, commending the care of government to his kinsman, Egric, who had sustained him with part of that burden before. It happened some years after that Penda made war on the East Angles. They, expecting a sharp encounter, besought Sigebert, whom they esteemed an expert leader, with his presence to confirm the soldiery, and upon his refusal carried him by force out of the monastery into the camp, where, acting the monk rather than the captain, with a single wand in his hand, he was slain with Egric, and his whole army put to flight. Anna of the royal stock as next in right succeeded, and has the praise of a virtuous and most Christian prince. 
but Kenwalk, the West Saxon, having married the sister of Penda, and divorced her, was by him, with more appearance of a just cause, vanquished in fight, and deprived of his crown. Whence, retiring to Anna, king of the East Angles, after three years abode in his court, note, post-Christ 648, return to text, he there became Christian, and afterwards regained his kingdom. Oswy, in the former years of his reign, had admitted to a share of the government with him Oswin, nephew of Edwin, who ruled in Deira seven years, who was commended much for his zeal in religion, and for the comeliness of his person with other princely qualities, was beloved of all. Notwithstanding which, dissensions growing between them, it came to arms. Oswin, seeing himself much exceeded in numbers, thought it more prudent dismissing his army to reserve himself for some better occasion. But committing his person with one faithful attendant to the loyalty of Hunwald and Earl, his imagined friend, he was by him treacherously discovered and by command of Oswin slain. Note, post-Christ, 651, return to text. After whom, within twelve days, and for grief of him whose death he foretold, died Bishop Aidan, famous for his charity, meekness, and labor in the gospel. The fact of Oswy was detestable to all, which therefore to expiate, a monastery was built in the place where it was done, and prayers there daily offered up for the souls of both kings, the slain and the slayer. Kenwalk, by this time reinstalled in his kingdom, kept it long, but with various fortune, for Beda relates him oft-times afflicted by his enemies, with great losses, and in 652 by the annals fought a battle, civil war, Ethelward calls it, at Brandenfort by the river Avenue, against whom, and for what cause, or who had the victory, they write not. Camden names the place Bradford in Wiltshire by the river Avon, and Cuthred, his near kinsman, against whom he fought but cites no authority. Certain it is that Kenwalk four years before had given large possessions to his nephew Cuthred, the more unlikely therefore now to have rebelled. The next year, note, post-Christ 653, return to text. Pieda, whom his father Penda, though a heathen, had for his princely virtues made prince of middle ankles belonging to the Mercians, was with that people converted to the faith. For coming to Oswy with request to have in marriage Alfleda, his daughter, he was denied her but on condition that he, with all his people, should receive Christianity. Hearing therefore not unwillingly what was preached to him of resurrection and eternal life, much persuaded also by Alfred, the king's son, who had his sister Kinneberg to wife, he easily assented for the truth's sake only, as he professed, whether he obtained the virgin or no, and was baptized with all his followers. Returning, he took with him four presbyters to teach the people of his province, who by their daily preaching won many. Neither did Penda, though himself no believer, prohibit any in his kingdom to hear or believe the gospel, but rather hated and despised those who, professing to believe, attested not their faith by good works, condemning them for miserable and justly to be despised, 
who obey not that God in whom they choose to believe. How well might Penda, this heathen, rise up in judgment against many pretended Christians, both of his own and these days. Yet, being a man bred up to war, as no less were others then reigning, and oft-times one against another, though both Christians, he warred on Anna, king of the East Angles. Note, post-Christ, 654, return to text. Perhaps without cause, for Anna was esteemed a just man, and at length slew him. About this time, the East Saxons, who, as above hath been said, had expelled their bishop Melitus and renounced the faith, were by the means of Oswy thus reconverted. Sigebert, surnamed the Small, being the son of Seward, without other memory of his reign, left his son king of that province, after him called Sigebert the Second, who, coming often to visit Oswy as great friend, was by him at several times fervently dissuaded from idolatry, and, being prevailed on at length to forsake it, was there baptized. On his return home, taking with him Kedda, a laborious preacher, afterwards made a bishop, by whose teaching, with some help of others, the people were again recovered from misbelief. But Sigebert, some years after, though standing fast in religion, was by the conspiracy of two brethren in place near about him wickedly murdered, who, being asked, quote, what moved them to a deed so heinous, unquote, gave no other than this barbarous answer, quote, that they were angry with him for being so gentle to his enemies as to forgive them their injuries whenever they besought him, unquote. That his death seems to have happened not without some cause by him given a divine displeasure, for one of those earls who slew him, living in unlawful wedlock, and therefore excommunicated so severely by the bishop that no man might presume to enter into his house, much less to sit at meat with him, the king, not regarding this church censure, went to feast with him at his invitation, whom the bishop meeting in his return, though penitent for what he had done and fallen at his feet, touched with the rod in his hand, and angrily thus foretold, because thou hast neglected to abstain from the house of that excommunicate, in that house thou shalt die. And so it fell out, perhaps from that prediction, God bearing witness to his minister in the power of church discipline, spiritually executed, not juridically, on the contemner thereof. This year, 655, proved fortunate to Oswy and fatal to Penda. For Oswy, by the continual inroads of Penda having long endured much devastation, to the endangering once by assault and fire, Bebenberg, his strongest city, now Bembra Castle, unable to resist him, with many rich presents offered to buy his peace, which not accepted by the pagan, who intended nothing but destruction to that king, though more than once in affinity with him, turning gifts into vows, he implores divine assistance, devoting, if he were delivered from his enemy, a child of one year old, his daughter, to be a nun, and twelve portions of land whereon to build monasteries. His vows, as may be thought, found better success than his proffered gifts, for hereupon, with his son Alfred, gathering a small power, he encountered and discomfited the Mercians, thirty times exceeding his in number 
and led on by expert captains at a place called Laves, now Leeds in Yorkshire. Besides this, Ethelwald, the son of Oswald, who ruled in Deira, took part with the Mercians, but in the fight withdrew his forces, and in a safe place expected the event, with which unseasonable retreat the Mercians, perhaps terrified and misdoubting more danger, fled, many of their commanders, with Penda himself, being slain, among whom was Adelhir, the brother of Anna, who ruled after him the East Angles, and was the author of this war. And many more flying were drowned in the river, which Beda calls Windward, then swollen above its banks. The death of Penda, who had been the death of so many good kings, made general rejoicing as the song witnessed. At the river Windward, Anna was avenged. To Edelhir succeeded Ethelward, his brother, in the East Angles. To Sigebert in the East Saxons, Swidhelm, the son of Sexbald, Seth Bede, the brother of Sigebert, Seth Malmesbury. He was baptized by Kedda, then residing in the kingdom of the East Angles, and by Ethelwald the king received out of the font. But Oswy, in the strength of his late victory, within three years after, note, post-Christ 658, returned text, subdued all Mercia and of the Pictish nation, greatest part, at which time he gave to Peda, his son-in-law, the kingdom of South Mercia, divided from the northern by the river Trent. But Peda, the spring following, as was said, by the treason of his wife, the daughter of Oswy, married by him for a special Christian, on the feast of Easter, not protected by the holy time, was slain. Note, post-Christ 659, return to text. The Mercian nobles, Imin, Eba, and Edbert, throwing off the government of Oswy, set up Wulfer, the other son of Penda, to be their king, whom till then they had kept hid, and with him adhered to the Christian faith. Kenwalk, the West Saxon, now settled at home and desirous to enlarge his dominion, prepares against the Britons, joins battle with them at Penn in Somersetshire, and overcoming, pursues them to Bedrydon. Another fight he had with them before, at a place called Wittgernsburg, barely mentioned by the monk of Malmesbury. Nor was it long ere he fell at variance with Wolfer, the son of Penda, his old enemy, scarce yet warm in his throne, fought with him at Possensburg on the Easter holidays, note post-Christ 661, return to text, and, as Ethelward Seth, took him prisoner. But the Saxon annals, quite otherwise, say that Wolfer, winning the field, wasted the West Saxon country as far as Eskston, and not staying there, took and wasted the Isle of Wight, but causing the inhabitants to be baptized, who had till then been unbelievers, gave the island to Ethelwolf, king of the South Saxons, whom he had received out of the font. The year 664, a synod of Scottish and English bishops in the presence of Oswy and Alfred his son, was held at a monastery in those parts to debate on what day Easter should be kept, a controversy which long before had disturbed the Greek and Latin churches, wherein the Scots not agreeing with the way of Rome, nor yielding to the disputants on that side to whom the king most inclined, such as were bishops here resigned and returned home with their disciples. Another clerical question was there, also much controverted, 
not so superstitious in my opinion as ridiculous about the right shaving of crowns the same year was seen an eclipse of the sun in may followed by a sore pestilence beginning in the south but spreading to the north and over all ireland with great mortality in which time the east saxons after swithelm's decease being governed by sigurd the son of sigurd the small and sebi of seward though both subject to the mercians sigurd and his people unsteady of faith supposing that this plague was come upon them for renouncing their old religion fell off the second time to infidelity which the mercian king wolfer understanding sent jeromanos a faithful bishop who with other his fellow laborers by sound doctrine and gentle dealing soon recured them of their second relapse in kent ercombert expiring was succeeded by his son Eckbert, in whose fourth year note post christ six sixty eight the eight is illegible return to text by means of theodore a learned greekish monk of tarsus whom pope vitalian had ordained archbishop of canterbury the greek and latin tongue with other liberal arts arithmetic music astronomy and the like began first to flourish among the saxons as did also the whole land under potent and religious kings more than ever before as peter affirms till his own days two years after note post christ six seventy return to text in northumberland died oswy much addicted to romish rites and resolved had his disease released him to have ended his days in rome ecfrid the eldest of his son's begotten wedlock succeeded him after other three years note post christ six seventy three return to text ecbert in kent deceasing left nothing memorable behind him but the general suspicion to have slain or connived at the slaughter of his uncle's two sons albert and egelbright in recompense whereof he gave to the mother of them part of tanet wherein to build an abbey the kingdom fell to his brother lothair and much about this time by the best account it should be however placed in beda that ecfrid of northumberland having war with the mercian wolfer won from him lindsay and the country thereabout sebi having reigned over the east saxons thirty years not long before his death though he had long before desired to do so took on him the habit of a monk and drew his wife at length though unwilling to the same devotion kenwalk also dying left the government to sexburga his wife who outlived him in it but one year having been driven out seth matthew of westminster spelled m a t period w e s t m period by the nobles disdaining female government after whom several petty kings as beda calls them for ten years space divided the west saxons note post christ six seventy three return to text others named two esquin the nephew of kinegils and kentwin son not petty by their deeds for esquin fought a battle with wolfer note post christ six seventy six return to text at bedenhalde and about a year after both deceased but wolfer not without a stain left behind him of selling the bishopric of london to winnie the first simonist we read of in this story kenwalk had before expelled him from his chair at winchester 
Ethelred, the brother of Wulfram, obtaining next the kingdom of Mercia, not only recovered Lindsay, and what besides, in those parts, Wulfram had lost to Ecfrid some years before, but found himself strong enough to extend his arms another way, as far as Kent, wasting that country without respect to church or monastery, much also in damaging the city of Rochester, notwithstanding what resistance Lothair could make against it. In August 678 was seen a morning comet for three months following, in manner of a fiery pillar, and the South Saxons about this time were converted to the Christian faith upon this occasion. Wilfrid, bishop of the Northumbrians, entering into contention with Eckford the king, was by him deprived of his bishopric, and long wandering up and down as far as Rome, no, post-Christ 679, return to text, returned at length into England, but not daring to approach the north whence he was banished, bethought him where he might to best purpose elsewhere exercise his ministry. The south, of all other Saxons, remained yet heathen, but Edelwalk, their king, not long before had been baptized in Mercia, persuaded by Wolfer, and by him, as hath been said, received out of the font. For which relation's sake, he had the Isle of Wight and a province of the Minari adjoining given him on the continent about Minasboro in Hampshire, which Wolfer had a little before gotten from Kenwalk. Thither Wilfred takes his journey, and with the help of other spiritual laborers about him, in short time planted there the gospel. It had not rained, as is said, of three years before in that country, whence many of the people daily perished by famine till on the first day of their public baptism, soft and plentiful showers descending restored all abundance to the summer following. Two years after this, note, post-Christ 681, return to text, Kentwin, the other West Saxon king above named, chased the Welsh Britons, as is chronicled without circumstance, to the very seashore. But in the year by Beda's reckoning 683, Kedwalla, a West Saxon of the royal line, whom the Welsh will have to be Cadwallader, last king of the Britons, thrown out by faction, returned from banishment, and invaded both Kentwin, if then living, or whoever else had divided the succession of Kenwalk, slaying in fight Edelwalk, the South Saxon, who opposed him in their aid, but soon after was repulsed by two of his captains, Bertune and Andune who for a while held the province in their power. But Kedwalla, gathering new force, note, post-Christ 685, return to text, with the slaughter of Bertune and also of Edric, the successor of Edelwalk, won the kingdom, but reduced the people to heavy thraldom. Then, addressing himself to conquer the Isle of Wight, the inhabitants of which till that time continued to be pagans, as Beda saith, though others say otherwise, as above hath been related, made a vow, though himself yet unbaptized, to devote the fourth part of that island, and the spoils thereof, to holy uses. Conquest obtained, paying his vow, as then was the belief, he gave his fourth to Bishop Wilfred, who was by chance there present, and the bishop gave it to Bertwin, a priest, his sister's son, with commission to baptize all the vanquished who meant to save their lives. But the two young sons of Arwald, king of that island, met with much more hostility, for they, at the enemy's approach, flying out of the isle, 
and being betrayed as to the place where they were hid, which was not far from thence, were led to Kedwalla, who lay then under cure of some wounds received, and by his appointment, after instruction and baptism first given them, were harshly put to death, which the youths are said with a courage above their age to have Christianly suffered. In Kent, Lothair died this year of his wounds received in the fight against the South Saxons, led on by Edric, who, descending from Ermenred, it seems, challenged the crown, and wore it, though not commendably, one year and a half. But coming to a violent death, no post-Christ 685, return to text, left the land exposed a prey either to homebred usurpers or to neighboring invaders, among whom Cadwalla, taking advantage from their civil distempers and marching easily through the country of the South Saxons whom he had subdued, sorely harassed the country, which had of a long time been untouched by any hostile incursion. But the Kentish men, all parties uniting against a common enemy, with joint power so opposed him that he was constrained to retire back, his brother Mollo in the flight with twelve men in his company seeking shelter in a house was beset and therein burnt by the pursuers. Kedwalla, much troubled at so great a loss, recalling and soon rallying his disordered forces, returned fiercely upon the chasing enemy. Note, Postchrist 686, return to text nor could he be got out of the province till both by fire and sword he had avenged the death of his brother. At length, note, post-Christ 686, return to text, Victor, the son of Edward, attaining the kingdom, both settled at home all things in peace, and secured his borders from all outward hostility. While thus Kedwalla disquieted both west and east, after his winning the crown, Ecfrid the Northumbrian and Ethelred the Mercian fought a sore battle by the river Trent, wherein Elfwin, brother to Ecfrid, a youth of eighteen years, much beloved, was slain, and that accident being likely to occasion much more shedding of blood, peace was happily made up by the grave exhortation of Archbishop Theodore, a pecuniary fine only being paid to Ecfrid, as some satisfaction for the loss of his brother's life. Another adversity befell Ecfrid and his family by means of Ethelred, his wife, King Anna's daughter, who, having taken him for her husband, and professing to love him above all other men, persisted during twelve years in the obstinate refusal of his bed, thereby thinking to live the purer life. So perversely, then, was chastity instructed against the apostle's rule. At length, obtaining of him with much importunity her departure, she veiled herself a nun, and, being then made abbess of Ely, died seven years after of the pestilence, and might with better warrant have kept faithfully her undertaken wedlock, though now canonized by the name of St. Audrey of Ely. In the meanwhile, Eckford had sent Bertus with the power to subdue Ireland, a harmless nation, saith Beda, and ever friendly to the English in both which qualities they seem to have left a posterity much unlike them at this day. The inhabitants of Ireland, seeing their country to be miserably wasted by these invaders, without regard had to places hallowed or profane, they betook themselves partly to their weapons, and partly to implore divine aid, and, as was thought, 
obtained it in their full avengement upon Eckford, for he the next year, against the minded persuasion of his sagest friends, and especially of Cudbert, a famous bishop of that age, marching unadvisedly against the Picts, who long before had been subject to Northumberland, was by them, feigning flight, drawn unawares into narrow straits overtopped with hills, and cut off with most of his army. From which time, saith Bede, military valour began among the Saxons to decay. And not only the Picts, who had till then been peaceable, but some part of the Britons also, recovered by arms their liberty for many years after. Yet Alfred, elder but base, brother to Eckfrid, a man said to be learned in the scriptures, being recalled from Ireland, to which place in his brother's reign he had retired, and now succeeding him, upheld with much honour, though in narrower bounds, the residue of his kingdom. Cadwalla, having now with great disturbance of his neighbours, reigned over the West Saxons two years, besides what time he spent in gaining it, wearied, perhaps, with his own turbulence, went to Rome, desirous there to receive baptism, which till then his worldly affairs had caused him to defer. And accordingly, on Easter Day 689, he was baptised by Sergius the Pope, and his name changed to Peter. All which notwithstanding, surprised with the disease, he outlived not the ceremony which he had so far sought much above the space of five weeks, but died there in the thirtieth year of his age, and in the church of St. Peter was there buried, with a large epitaph upon his tomb. Him succeeded Ina of the royal family, and from the time of his coming in for many years oppressed the land with like grievances, as Cadwalla had done before him insomuch that in those times there was no bishop among them. His first expedition was into Kent to demand satisfaction for the burning of Molo. Victred, loath to hazard all for the rash act of a few, delivered up thirty of those that could be found accessory, or, as others say, pacified Ina with a great sum of money. Meanwhile, at the incitement of Eckbert, a devout monk, Wilbrod, a priest eminent for learning, passed over at sea, having twelve others in company, with intent to preach the gospel in Germany. Note, post-Christ 694, return to text. And coming to Pepin, chief regent of the Franks, who a little before had conquered the hither Frisia, by his countenance and protection, and with a promise also of many benefits to them who should believe, they found the work of conversion much the easier and Wilbrod obtained the first bishopric in that nation. But two priests, each of them Huel by name, and for distinction surnamed from the color of their hair, the black and the white, by his example piously affected to the souls of their countrymen, the old Saxons, at their coming thither to convert them met with much worse entertainment. For in the house of a farmer, who had promised to convey them as they desired to the governor of that country, being discovered by their daily ceremonies to be Christian priests, and the cause of their coming being suspected, they were by him and his heathen neighbours cruelly butchered, yet were not unavenged. For the governor, enraged at such violence offered to his strangers, sending armed men, slew all those inhabitants, and burnt their village. After three years, 
note, post-Christ 697, returned text, in Mercia, Ostrid the queen, wife to Ethelred, was killed by her own nobles, as Beda's epitome records. Florence calls them Southumbrians, negligently omitting the cause of so strange a fact. And the year following, note post-Christ 698, returned text, Bethred, a Northumbrian general, was slain by the Picts. Ethelred, seven years after the violent death of his queen, note post-Christ 704, returned text, put on the monk and resigned his kingdom to Kenred, the son of Wolfer, his brother. The next year, note post-Christ 705, returned text, Alfred in Northumberland died, leaving Osred, a child only eight years old, to succeed him. Four years after which, note post-Christ 709, returned to text, Kenred, having a while with praise governed the Mercian kingdom, went to Rome in the time of Pope Constantine, and was shorn a monk, and in that condition spent there the residue of his days. Keldred succeeded him, the son of Ethelred, who had reigned the next before. With Kenred went Offa, the son of Sigur, king of the East Saxons, and betook him to the same habit, leaving his wife and native country. A comely person in the prime of his youth, much desired of the people, and such was his virtue by report that he might have otherwise been worthy to have reigned. Ina, the West Saxon, one year after, note, post-Christ 710, returned to text, fought a battle which was at first doubtful, but at last successful, against Garant, King of Wales. The next year, note, post-Christ 711, returned to text, Bertfrid, another Northumbrian captain, fought with the Picts and slaughtered them, saith Hunterdon, to the full avengement of Eckfrid's death. The fourth year after, note, post-Christ 715, return to text. Ina had another doubtful and cruel battle at Woodnesburg in Wiltshire, with Kelred the Mercian, who died the year following a lamentable death. Note, post-Christ 716, return to text. For as he sat one day feasting with his nobles, suddenly possessed with an evil spirit, he expired in despair, as Boniface, Archbishop of Mentz, an Englishman, who taxes him for a defiler of nuns, writes by way of caution to Ethelbald, his next of kin, who succeeded him. Osred also, a young Northumbrian king, slain by his kindred in the eleventh of his reign for his vicious life and incest committed with nuns, was by Kenred succeeded and avenged. He, reigning two years, left Osric in his room. Note, post-Christ 718, return to text. In whose seventh year, if Beda calculate right, Victred, king of Kent, deceased, having reigned thirty-four years, and some part of them with Swebard, as Beda testifies. Note, post-Christ 725, return to text. He left behind him three sons, Ethelbert, Edbert, and Alric, his heirs. Three years after which, note, post-Christ 728, return to text, appeared two comets about the sun, terrible to behold, the one before him in the morning, the other after him in the evening, for the space of two weeks in January, bending their blaze toward the north, 
at which time the Saracens furiously invaded France, but were expelled soon after with great overthrow. The same year, in Northumberland, Osric, dying or slain, adopted Kelwulf, the brother of Kenred, his successor, to whom Beda dedicates his story, but writes this only of him, that the beginning and the process of his reign met with many adverse commotions, whereof the event was then doubtfully expected. Meanwhile, Ina, seven years before having slain Kenwulf, to whom Florent gives the addition of Clito, which is given usually to none but persons of the royal blood, and the fourth year after having overthrown and slain Albright, another Clito, driven from Taunton to the South Saxons for aid, and having vanquished also the East Angles in more than one battle, as Malmesbury writes, but does not mention the year, whether to expiate so much blood or infected with the contagious humour of those times, Malmesbury saith that the persuasion of Ethelburga his wife, went to Rome, and there ended his days. Yet this praise left behind him, to have made good laws, the first of the Saxon laws that remain extant to this day, and to his kinsman Edelard bequeathed the crown, no less than the whole monarchy of England and Wales. For Ina, if we believe a digression in the laws of Edward the Confessor, was the first king crowned of both English and British subjects since the entrance of the Saxons, of the British by means of his second wife, who was some way related to Cadwallader, the last king of Wales, which I should not have noted, as it appears to me to be unlikely, but for the place in which I found it. Note, Bede, post-Christ 731, return to text. After Ina, by a surer author, Ethelbald, king of Mercia, commanded all the provinces on this side the Humber with their kings. The Picts were in league with the English, the Scots were peaceable within their bounds, and of the Britons, part were under their own government, and part subject to the English. In which peaceful state of the land, many in Northumberland, both nobles and commons, laying aside the exercise of arms, betook them to the cloister. And not content so to do at home, many in the days of Ina, clerks and laics, men and women, hastening to Rome in herds, thought themselves nowhere sure of eternal life till they were cloistered there. Thus representing the state of things in this island, Beda surceases to write, out of whose writings chiefly has been gathered, since the Saxons' arrival, such an imperfect account of their actions as hath been here delivered, which is but a scattered story picked out here and there with some trouble and tedious work from among his many legends of visions and miracles, which, toward the latter end of it, is so bare of civil matters that what can be thence collected may seem to be a calendar rather than a history, being taken up for the most part with a succession of kings and computation of years, and even these uninteresting particulars are hard to be reconciled with the Saxon annals. Their actions that we read of were most commonly wars, but for what cause waged or by what counsels carried on no care was had to let us know, whereby their strength and violence we understand, but of their wisdom, reason, or justice, little or nothing. The rest treating of superstition and monastical affectation, kings, one after another, 
leaving their kingly charge to run their heads fondly into a monk's cowl, which leaves us uncertain whether Beda was wanting to his matter or his matter to him. Yet from hence to the Danish invasion it will be worse with us when we are destitute of Beda, left only to obscure and blockish chronicles, whom Malmesbury and Huntingdon, whom neither they nor we had better authors of those times, ambitious to adorn the history, make no scruple oft-times, I doubt, to interline with conjectures and surmises of their own. But rather than imitate these writers, I shall choose to represent the truth quite naked, though as lean as a plain journal. Yet William of Malmesbury must be acknowledged, both for style and judgment, to be by far the best writer of them all. But what labour is to be endured in turning over volumes of rubbish and the rest? Florence of Worcester, Huntingdon, Simeon of Durham, Hoveden, Matthew of Westminster, and many others of obscure note with all their monarchisms, is a penance to think. Yet these are our only registers, transcribers one after another for the most part, and sometimes worthy enough for the things they register. This travail, rather than not know at once what may be known of our ancient story, sifted from fables and impertinences, I voluntarily undergo, and to save others if they please the like unpleasing labour, except those who take pleasure to be all their lifetime raking the foundations of old abbeys and cathedrals. But to my task now, as it befalls, End of Book 4, Part 2 of The History of Britain by John Milton Recording by Thomas Copeland